Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language, and with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons & Dragons, from fantastic felines to fortified fortresses. And today, we're revisiting The Fighter. Okay, so uh, so we're revisiting the fighter. It's been a while. We're back, baby. Yeah, it's been. I think that fighter was like our was, first uh, class episode. Yeah, it was our first class episode. Uh-huh. It was our first episode that wasn't like explaining the basics of D anD. d It little, was episode four. Little baby Will and Brian. I know, <laughs> just getting started in the world. Podcasting, <clears throat> fresh to it. And, Not anymore. And when we when Bros we now yes, indeed. When we did that episode, there was only the three subclasses in the PHP. Mm-hmm. And now there's four more. Many things have happened since the birth of the dungeon cast. Indeed, indeed they have. So uh, we're going to cover four subclasses in this episode. One is from the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, and three are from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Cool. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into it. I think we should. (laughs) So we will. We will. Okay, so the first subclass is from Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Um, and it's called Purple Dragon Knight. That's the name of the subclass. Purple Dragon Knight. Purple Dragon Knight. It's a shiny Dragon Knight. No, not Dragon Knight. No, no. Dragon, Dragon Knight. Knight. Yes. Indeed. Okay. So this is um Sword Coast Adventures Guide is a Forgotten Realm specific source book. Right. And 
And in it, there are a few Forgotten Realms-specific subclasses. Uh, there's one for the Barbarian. I think it was the Battle Rager. There's one for the Wizard. It's the Blade Singer. Okay. And there's one for the Fighter. It's the Purple Dragon Knight. Nice. Um, obviously, you can use this subclass regardless of your setting, but the the premise behind it is Forgotten Realms-specific because in Forgotten Realms, there is an organization called the Purple Dragon Knights. They're an elite knighthood from the country of Cormier. Um, and they're very much your storybook knights. They exemplify chivalry and leadership. They're like a King Arthur-based Knights at the Round yes, Table. Yes, very kind of much thing. so. Very okay. much so. Um, and like, there's a whole history beh- behind why they're called the you know the Order Order of the Purple Dragon and all that. We're not really going to get into that. But um, one of the main things about them in world that's known is they're really known for going out there and inspiring their allies and their friends to do better in battle to keep to keep the fight going. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the features are going to be like uh, focused on that okay. aspect of the fight. Um, so the, the the restriction of this subclass is called knighthood. Basically, to attain this subclass in story, your character should gain some sort of knighthood. I don't really pay attention to restrictions. If my character wants to do something, we're just going to make it happen. Yeah, just include it in the backstory. Exactly. Like, we, we did it. It's cool. Indeed. Yeah, you were knighted by like... The fucking somebody i don't fucking right by, 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 by whatever knighthood exists in your world that you're yeah, a part of totally. exactly so another thing is uh that i want to say before we dive into like the mechanics of this is this is one of two subclasses we're going to talk about today that really remind me of fourth edition stuff that's this, really cool though. yeah I like 40 oh yeah yeah that's definitely not a bad thing i think it's really cool um this specifically reminds me a lot of the 4e warlord which was a martial class that really focused on healing and buffing the allies through like orders like like military orders and like yeah point uh, inspiring you're point your and allies clicking. You're yeah like you're pointing clicking you're yeah. playing starcraft indeed um <laughs> and it was a really cool concept and it was a really really well received concept uh, which yeah, is funny people enough. People love that build, the, yeah. the Lazy Lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's absolutely. very popular in, so, the, in the threads, as so, they call it. Yeah, in the threads. So this um, this definitely has some influence from that. That being said, I find this to be the most lackluster of the four subclasses we're talking about today. I love it. That's interesting. It seems rich, like, uh, as far as roleplay. I love it in roleplay. I love it in concept. But I feel the execution is just a bit lacking. But okay. We'll see what you think. You know, obviously, uh, the audience will see what you think. I mean, yeah, this so. is like the Knights Templar thing. I mean, that's I think that's fucking cool. Yeah, it is cool. So let's get into it. So at third level, you get a feature called Rallying Cry. Basically, you can inspire your allies to fight through their injuries. Okay. So it's not really healing, but you're you're giving them a little extra oomph. So in 4E, it was called Rub Some Dirt on It, right? In 4E, there was a, there was an ability called <laughs> Just Rub Some Dirt in It, and it was it was similar. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So with this, basically, uh, whenever you take a second wind, uh, you can pick three allies within 60 feet of you, and they're going to gain HP equal to your fighter level. So at level three, they're each going to gain three HP, I mean, which that's is... Cool. There's yeah. a spell that does that. Right, exactly. This is not a I mean, it's spell. Like a, what is it, like a D4 plus your cleric level or whatever it is or your wisdom Oh, you're talking about healing like word? Yeah. Healing word, yeah. It's it's in the similar level. You know, healing word is probably a bit more powerful. But this is like spread mm-hmm. amongst multiple multiple allies and, you know, so yeah. Well, that's the one I'm HP. talking about is the, the cleric spell. It does like a, I think it does like a D4 to everybody. Oh, you did mass heal word. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty, that that's higher level too. So yeah. yeah, this is a level three that you would get this, which isn't too shabby. Um, like I said, it's not too powerful, but I mean, it is useful. 
I'm not sure how to feel about this. You spend feature. your action <clears throat> doing that. Um, your second wind. It, oh, it just pops it, off with okay. your second wind. See, that's pretty cool because yeah. it's not eating up your like too much action economy. No, really. I think it's just a bonus action. You use the second wind, uh, and then the the limitation there is your second wind. You can only do one per short rest. So I mean, if, if if you need another round of combat to kill the bad guy, this could be that the thing you need. Yeah, that's true. Get like, people standing back up. You know, extra HP is extra HP, mm-hmm. no matter how it you It goes a long way stuff. in 5e. <clears throat> Indeed. So at level 7, you get a feature called Royal Envoy. And the premise here is that because of your high standing in society, you know, Purple Dragon Knights are well regarded. Um, you're expected to act with a certain amount of grace and uh, chivalry and poise yeah. and whatnot. And by doing so in the role play, you gain proficiency in, per- in persuasion. If you already have proficiency... In persuasion, you're going to gain. You get a choice between animal handling, insight, intimidation, or performance. Okay. So you just you get a free skill, and then on top of it, your proficiency bonus is doubled when you're using the persuasion skill. Ooh. So that's pretty good. It's a it's a cool social ability, but for a subclass that I feel is lacking in in actual combat mechanics, I feel like the royal envoy bit should have a social and a combat aspect but it just has the social aspect okay i think that that fundamentally makes this subclass a bit weaker than other fighter subclasses i think that's <clears throat> oh man but the role play is so cool but the role play is very cool it's yes like, hey i need you to let me into this temple yeah like really badly it's for the purple dragonites come on buddy but at the same time it's like why not roll a paladin where you get all this stuff well, i was gonna say that yeah. earlier it's like this sounds just like a paladin except you're not imbued with holy magic but this would come in really handy if you're playing in a really low magic setting. Oh, yeah, like, that's here true. Here you go. Like I think that I think this subclass would really shine uh-huh. in that in that kind of setting because in that setting there's no healing unless you're a purple dragon knight or something similar. Pretty cool. Yeah. So so there it is. That's yeah, a level you're seven. Fighter and then you're healing yourself, and or if you're this fighter, you're healing everybody. Indeed. Um, at level ten, you get inspiring surge when you take an action. Oh, excuse me. When you take an action surge, one creature of your choice within sixty feet can make a melee or ranged weapon attack with a reaction if they have a reaction okay um this this turns into two people of your choice at level 17 okay so this is very reminiscent to the warlord just like rallying cry was reminiscent to the warlord um in in fourth edition you had uh oh my gosh what was it there was two there was commanding strike and direct the strike were two of your at wills and both of them were like you would use for different reasons but essentially uh, you ordered someone else to make a move. And your at will was something you could just do at will, like exactly. every turn if you wanted to. Yeah, so as the warlord, action. you weren't making attacks. You were telling other people to make tactical yeah, attacks, which pretty is cool. really cool. Literally, just go stand somewhere and like keep all your HP and like let your, your indeed, friends go do the work indeed, for you. Yeah, absolutely. And in this case, it's a little different. When you use an action surge, which you only have a certain amount of those per short rest, depending on your level, um, you can then, like, I guess through your exuberance to take extra actions, you're like, and you also go, and you also go. <laughs> Fight with so, me, friends. Indeed, it yeah, It is time yeah. to slay the, the creature. Yeah, now this, this this is really mechanically sound. This is really a, a powerful feature. I think this is a good feature, but you don't get that to level 10. <laughs> Damn, man. Like It's pretty late to get that. Yeah. And the, I, I just... Level 10 is fun, I though. think that on top of the fact that the fighter is already a really straightforward and simple class with not a lot of like creative options to do on your turn, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I think when the subclass is also that way, it could get boring to to play in in combat. Okay. That's just my opinion. I, you know, take take it or leave it. Um, let's get to the final the final bit on this. At level 15, you're going to get a feature called bulwark. So bulwark? Bulwark. Like a bull? Like B-U-L-W-A-R-K, bulwark. Bulwark. Okay. Bulwark. What is that? Bulwark. 
Um, I'm actually not entirely sure. I, when I picture bulwark, I just picture like a big burly, like a like a defense. Just like a buff guy, like I guess, our, like, like a, yeah. Well, I think a bulwark would be like a, a defense on a on a structure, but I'm not sure on that. Oh, okay. I'm like actually a, unclear. Some kind of fortification. I just know that the word is associated with defense <laughs> and I, impenetrability. That's ringing a bell. So when you use the indomitable feature, which is a feature you can use when you fail a save as a fighter, mm-hmm. uh, depending on your level, you get certain amount of indomitableness. Ness. I don't um, remember that. What is- it's it's a it's at the higher levels. I think oh, okay. by level twenty you get three uses of Indomitable, and basically if you fail a save, you can choose to make the save roll again. Okay. So when you use the Indomitable feature to save versus an Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma save, you may choose one ally within sixty feet of you, and they can re-roll a save if they are hit by the same effect. So yeah, like <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I like, like a spell like a big like a like an yes. area of effect spell kind of yeah. If it's if it's Intelligence, wisdom, or charisma right. specifically. Okay. So, okay. I like the idea of this feature. Yeah, sure. I like the idea of when you make a save, you can have your allies pull through it just like you because yeah. you inspire them to do so. But I feel like this is way too specific. We got two lines of specificity here. One, it has to be intelligence, wisdom, or charisma save. Mm-hmm. Two, I mean, that's it, a lot of spells, to be fair. It is a lot of spells, but it's not, it doesn't count decks or crime, right. which are a huge. Bull, like, huge amount of spells. Uh, and the other line of specificity is they have to be re rolling the same save effect as you. Right. I feel like the spirit of this feature, which I think. And you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think the spirit of the feature is the idea that you are so inspiring by pulling through. You inspire your allies to do the same. Either that or I was thinking on like a different kind of mentality that like I watched him do it. I know what to do now. Like, right. Or you're like or on your that, end. That's like, valid. Yeah. Ben, Benjamin's boys. Yeah. Dig in. <laughs> I like that, too. Yeah. That's really cool. My, my point is, I think that one of these lines of specificity should be taken out. I just noticed that every time I've been uh, imitating a fighter, I've been like double handing a sword. <laughs> yeah, because fuck yeah, Hell that's yeah. why. <laughs> um, so I think personally, I think so. The, it needs more. Yeah, I think it needs more. I think the intelligence, wisdom, charisma thing is too specific. I think if you're making a, a save, whether it's constitution, dex, strength, or whatever, like you're getting, you're inspiring your allies or showing your allies how to get through it, they should get that reroll too. I would, uh, if it were me building it, I'd probably give it like give it dex, give it con, mm-hmm. and then give it like the intelligence and wisdom and leave leave the charisma um out of it like okay like dude your charisma is like kind of inherent like i don't know i don't know that's just how i feel i i i can i can see that argument for me for simplicity's sake just make it if they're making the same save that you're uh, saving from too Mm -hmm. i don't care if it's an illusion or a fireball you know yeah why not everything yeah why not everything why these two layers of specificity to basically make this so specific you may never use it you probably right. will but like you're it's very usage, situational yeah especially for a high level feature and sorry if I'm, I'm if i'm picking apart your favorite subclass out there i do i do think this is a cool subclass and uh as a dm i would work to make this subclass as fun for the player as possible yeah i think um at this point with like the release of xanthar's guide mm-hmm. and like mordenkainen is coming out like Give, maybe we could just be be a good DM and like give it like remove that specific specific. Spec, got it. Spe, spe, say it say specificity. It. That <laughs> remove one of those layers like you're talking right, about. Right, right. You know. Yeah, and that's that's just, just what I would do. do that that's just how player. I would do it. But you know what? Teach their own. You're the DM. Any I mean, other questions about the purple dragon knight before we move on? Um, how many normal dragon knights do I have to kill before I find it in the wild? At ten. 
10. That's a very bad Pokemon reference. Sorry. Yeah. Are you talking about shinies? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I think the dragon. So like five thousand two hundred eighty or something. Isn't some the shit. shiny dragonite purple? No, it's green. Oh, it's you're right. Yeah, it's, it's like it's that green. weird. It's like different palettes of green. It looks like um, what what's that Disney cartoon with the dragon? Um, from uh, way back in the day, Puff the Magic Dragon. No, not Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> is it Pete's Dragon? Is that is that? Oh a thing? yeah, totally. I think it, I think it's supposed to look like Pete's Dragon. Okay, I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Let's move on. Yes. Okay. So the next subclass we're going to talk about is the Arcane Archer. Oh, Which, I've never really read. It always sounds cool to be like just a dedicated archer, but I'm always like, oh, I guess I'll be a ranger, you know? Like that's right, wild. that's right. All, that plus nine or whatever they get on their fucking rolls. Yes, but uh, fighters beast. get that too. Yeah, yeah. If, if you take the archer fighting style, yeah, it's it's very accurate. Okay. Yeah, hit me with it. Okay, so the arcane archer is a subclass that people have been clamoring for for a long time. It's um, oh, now we're in Xanathar's guide, right? We're in Xanathar's guide now. Yeah, yeah. and um. Goodbye, Skag. People were excited about it. People are always excited about Arcane Archer. They were excited about anything equivalent coming out in fourth edition, although I can't remember if anything worthwhile ever did come out. And I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Arcane Archer was a very popular prestige class in 3.5. I, I remember people really loving the Unearth Arcana on that one. Yeah. And uh, the, the premise of this is um, you're a skilled archer that can infuse magic into your arrow strikes. Hell yeah. Yeah. The art of the arcane archer is said to have originated with the elves because they're elves. <laughs> and uh, but now has spread to the other races. OK. You know, so somebody let the info leak. Yeah, exactly. So they're supposed to be relatively rare, but not unheard of. OK. Um, I feel personally that this subclass belongs to the ranger. That's just my opinion. See, you, I you're, you're you're with me on yeah, this. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I know there's a lot of people that agree. I know there's a lot of people that disagree. That's just my opinion on it. It's I, in the name I, Ranger Ranger. On top of Ranger. it, yeah. On top of it, this is a very solid subclass, and the Ranger needs as much love as it can get in this. Yes, game. absolutely. That being said, let's get into it. So, at third level, you gain a couple features. The first of which is called Arcane Archer Lore. Um, with this feature, you gain proficiency in either Arcana or Nature. It's your choice. Uh, and you gain either the Prestidigitation cantrip or the Druidcraft That's cantrip. That's pretty cool. They're it basically is really cool. the same cantrip. Right. And what's cool about this to me is like, okay, it's giving you the option to do more of like an Arcane spin or like a Druidic spin on on your uh, rain, on uh, Ranger, on your Archer magic. Yes. Again, just just says to me, well, this probably should have belonged to... The Ranger. Is uh, Prestidigitation Concentration? No, I don't think so. Maybe. If know. it is, I, I wish it wasn't because I would be making like a big, um, like a, a scope, like the way the sc a scope looks when you look through it, like the target. I would just make that and I would shoot all my arrows through it. That Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be I'd allow dope. that. Why not? I'd allow that. Hell yeah. Mm. Um, before we move on, uh, for the for the use of all your arcane abilities, you use the ability score of intelligence. Okay, so, cool. So that's so a very wizard. -like. It's kind of worth uh, balancing your fighter out then. Yeah, you know, much like the Eldritch Knight, I welcome any any class that uses intelligence because I feel like intelligence needs a little more love in this game. I think it's one of the more confusing ability scores. I don't think it's confusing. I think it's just less useful when it comes to combat. Like what? Uh, yeah, uh, in combat, it's kind of straightforward what you do with intelligence. Like you use it to cast spells, blah blah right. blah. Um, but like when you're using it in game, I like kind of like to let players roll intelligence to like get clues. Yeah, I if agree. They're, if they're like like, okay, is this within the range of your characters? Is like, this in the scope of your knowledge? Yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll let you roll for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah, absolutely acceptable. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Maybe we'll do an episode where we talk about like 
the ability scores. Yeah, what you can do with them. Because like, I think that's worth it, an episode. It gets muddled like in uh, when you're in role play, basically. Yeah. I think for me, I think one of the biggest uh, muddles is like perception and investigation. And wisdom yeah, and see, what's the yeah. line? Where's the line? We'll I mean, talk about that in, in another episode. Let's get back to the arcane Let's do action. it. Okay, so the ne- the other feature that you're going to get at third level is called arcane shot. This is your bread and butter. Uh, you can infuse spell-like effects into your bow attacks. You gain two arcane shot options from the arcane shot options list, which there's like 10 of them. Okay. Um, you could choose the option. Okay, so you can choose for the option. It's much like Divine Smite for the Paladin. Nice. So you can choose to say whether you use your arcane shot until after you hit. So you'll cool. never, so you never burn it without. Yeah, you know, it's not fun to waste yeah. stuff. You uh, you get two shots per short rest. Um, you're going to gain more options at levels seven, ten, fifteen, eighteen. Um, I I went ahead and printed out a couple of the options just to give you a taste of like the kind of options we're talking about here. Okay, but there's like ten or twelve of them. So. Is it like I keep picturing uh, Link from you know, I guess either the Breath of the Wild or like. Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, like the way that the magic arrows work in that game. Oh, you like the fire, the ice, fire arrow, ice. Um, yeah. yes and no. There are some similarities, but they're a little more complex than that. All so right, cool. here's a couple. Uh, actually, yeah, they're a bit more complex than that. So the first one that I decided to to bring here was the banishing arrow. So you use oh, abjuration magic to try to temporarily banish your target to a harmless location in the Feywild. The, cre- what? <laughs> <laughs> the creature hit by the arrow must also succeed a charisma saving throw or be banished. While banished in this way, the target speed is zero and it is incapacitated. At the end of its next turn, the target reappears in the space it vacated or in the nearest unoccupied space if that space is occupied. After you reach 18th level in this class, the target will also take 2d6 of force damage on top of its normal physical damage. Oh, so man, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, what I like about the Arcane Archer is they didn't go with the obvious blaster features that okay. you would think. They went with a lot of tactical stuff. Like, that's right. a tactical decision. Yeah, you can we need this guy out. gone for a turn. Yeah, right, that's, that's really, cool. really powerful. Indeed, indeed it is. And they're going to take damage. Uh, another one I printed out was Bursting Arrow is another option you can choose. You imbue your... Uh, You imbue your arrow with force energy drawn from the School of Evocation. The energy detonates after your attack. Immediately after the arrow hits this creature, the target and all other creatures within 10 feet of it take 2d6 force damage each. The force damage increases to 4d6 when you reach 18th level in this class. So nice AoE, which is not something that fighters usually ever get. Right. Like the best that they can manage is when they get all the multiple attacks, they can hit a few things that are all next to each other. Yeah. And this is a nice way to bomb on a cluster. What's that feat you can take that lets you um, not have to disengage and you get like 10 extra movement? A mobility? Mobility, yeah. Is no. it mobile? I think it's yeah, called mobile. mobile. That's yeah. a really good feat for fighter. Kind yeah, of kind of point. implements an area of an effect style thing. Like I can run yeah. here, hit this guy, run here, hit this guy, and then run back to where I was. It gives you options, which is something fighter classes usually need yeah. regardless of addition. I find myself wanting feats more as like a, a fighter. Like which a basic, a which more basic. tracks because you get more feat options as a fighter. You get more chances to take feats. Right. So. But this is cool. The area of effect thing is is, is neat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and there and there's a bunch more, like a bunch more. I just chose two. That's random. some decent damage for when you're hitting multiple targets. Well, yeah, because it's, it's also on top of your normal damage. Right. So. That's just like a spell. Yeah. yeah. Is, it's, that's it's, the it's, point. Yeah, very much so. So at seventh level, you get a feature called Magic Arrow. Um, this one's pretty straightforward. You can choose to make your arrow shots Magic. magical or not, <laughs> which around seventh levels when you start needing that so yeah, it's a good time things, to get it things yeah. really start resisting your non-magical yeah. shit and this i find this is more useful in again low magic um settings because you might not ever get a magic weapon in a low magic setting mm-hmm. so being able to do this very powerful very cool yeah 
at seventh level, you get another feature. Um, it's called Curving Shot. This one is really cool as well. When you make an attack with a magic arrow and you miss, you can use a bonus action to re-roll the attack on a different target within 60 feet of the original target. So basically, if you choose to make your arrow magic, and you will, because why would you not? It's not <laughs> limited. At least I don't think it's limited. Um, and you miss, you basically use magic to cause the arrow to curve and try and hit someone else. Fucking Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very much like Dragon Ball <laughs> His Z. His key blast is tracking me. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> exactly. So Dead. very cool. Yeah. Very nice. cool. And infinite headshots. Indeed. And the last feature you're going to get is at level 15. It's called Ever Ready Shot. Um, if you roll initiative and have no uses of your arcane shot, you regain one use. So you will never enter a combat without at least one use of your arcane shot. That is really fucking cool. Yeah. It's, it's just a nice way to replenish a very limited resource. Yeah. Is yeah. It, what Was it short rest replenish? or? Uh, it was. I think it's a short rest replenish. You get two. Let me see here. I wrote it in my notes somewhere. You gain... Two, you get two per short rest, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. cool. So, that's so like you, warlock slots. You, it's like warlock slots. You would usually have two, but if you don't have any, you get at least one no matter what. And that's like half of your total, so yeah. that's that's it's, really good. Yeah, it's a really solid late level um, feature. So cool. there it is. Any questions about the arcane archer? No. It's fun. It's I mean, cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, it yeah. feels straightforward. Like, yeah. like that's the thing about the fighter is even the magical fighters. They're fighters. Yeah. Fighters of fighter. True. I I just, again, I feel like this should belong to the ranger. And how cool would it be if you were a ranger who had all these, like, archer spell-like options plus your normal ranger spells? Yeah, that's cool. Like, rangers are doing magic. They're, what, they're half-casters or quarter-casters? They're half-casters. That's fucking good. Yeah. It just it just seems like that would fall into the bar, their ballpark. Yeah, I know. Magic arrows? Yeah. Like, I'm a ranger. There ranger, range. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's take a short rest. Let's do it. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about the last thing, we're talking about something else. The something else is you and how much we love you and thank you for listening to the show and making it to this part of the show. Mm, so tasty, all these listeners. Thank you guys. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm Will, that's... No, I'm Brian, that's Will. Indeed. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Uh, <laughs> We don't have uh, too much going on, except we want to remind you about our current contest that we're hosting right now. Yes, we got two. In fact, uh, one is on Twitter. And, well, hold on. The contests that we are running are both for uh, the same book. It's the newest upcoming Dungeons & Dragons book. It's Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. I think it's a book that a lot of people are pretty excited about. I know yeah. I am. Um, so our Twitter contest is running until May 29th, which is the day the book comes out. And to enter that contest, all you have to do is take a link to our show, Tweet it to your followers with the hashtag DungeonCast. It doesn't matter if it's a playlist. It doesn't matter if it's a YouTube episode or a SoundCloud episode or a Pod Bay episode or an iTunes episode. As long as it's to our show. Yeah, if it links to our show, baby, you good. Indeed, you have been entered. Um, and we're giving away one book on Twitter. On mm -hmm. YouTube, we are also doing a, a parallel and similar giveaway to enter that contest Go to our video, which we're going to put a link down in the descriptor called Our Morden Kindness Tomafo's Giveaway. And to enter the contest there, all you have to do is like the video, subscribe to our channel, and leave a comment telling us why you're excited for Morden Kindness Tomafo's. And you'll be entered in that contest to win. Both contests will be announced. Uh, both contest winners will be announced on May 29th. So best of luck. Very, very nice. Uh, I hope everybody that enters wins. I know only two of you will, though. Uh, anyway, uh, hey. Do you want more Dungeon Cast stuff? You can find that on patreon.com slash the Dungeon Cast. We've got lots of tiers of bonus content, and we really appreciate anybody that's willing to help us support what we do here. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and go find us there. Obviously, if you're listening on SoundCloud, we do have a YouTube thing going on, like we'll just explain. So, you just search the Dungeon Cast and find us there. Otherwise, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Podcast Addict, anywhere podcasts can be found. And uh, we're on soundcloud.com slash the Dungeon Cast. You can email us at. Uh, thedungeoncast at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at the dungeon cast did i miss anything no i think you got it all will's doing a great job on twitter go uh go over there and f and f give us a follow enter our contest um get some D, &D news um uh we you can actually participate in polls uh, about what episodes you want to come out next yeah i have to run one of those again it's been a while i think we should <clears throat> and uh we love you <laughs> Indeed we do. Let's go back to the show. Let's go back to the show. All right, we're back. Fight me, Will. No, I'm going to tell you how to fight, Brian. That's good, too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next uh, subclass we're going to talk about actually ended up in my research being my favorite of the four we're talking about today. I, cool. I was really surprised. We're talking is it about your favorite out of all of the subclasses? I think so. I think it is. Oh. Hmm. Yes, yes it is, which is a surprise to me. Okay, we're talking about the Cavalier. That's mm -hmm. the name of the subclass. And historically speaking, I'm not, I've am not i not been too big of a fan of the idea of the Cavalier in previous editions. It's um, it's shown up regularly, but it's never been really anything that, that speaks to me. It's like a knightly archetype that usually has this special focus on mounted combat. Okay. Which is cool, but... You're not going to be on a mount all the time. What happens when you got to go in a cave? You're not going to ride your horse in a cave. That's stupid. So. 
What happens if you got to go through a tight spot? You can't you can't ride your horse into the castle and up what the stairs. You can't ride the horse up the tower, Brian. You just have to be <laughs> friends with somebody that can phantom steed really good. True. Either way, I don't <laughs> like a class built around like a very specific like mechanic. Mm. Like, yeah, okay. You're good until you're not on a horse. That's stupid. But that being said, that isn't how this played out in 5th edition, and I love it. So let's get into it. All right. At third level, you get a... Well, hold on. Let's back it up. What it did end up playing out it being is you do get some mounted capabilities as a Cavalier in 5th edition, but mostly you are a hugely defensive build that is really dedicated to becoming a black hole at the center of this battle. Oh, I love that shit. Like, That's you good punish stuff. people for not attacking you. You protect the shit out of your allies, and it's nice. beautiful. So now let's get into it. At third level, you're going to get a bonus proficiency. I think this is, again, because of the whole knighthoodness. I think this being a knight, you're expected to be a bit more skilled, I guess. Than yeah, your average like warrior. if you're a knight, then you've been trained. Yeah. You know, you've earned a title. Yeah. So you, you had to do something to get that. Indeed. You see this with the Purple Dragon Knight, and you see this with uh, the next subclass we're going to talk about, the Samurai. Um, and you see it here. So you get a bonus proficiency in a skill of your choice, uh, either animal handling, history, insight, performance, persuasion, or you can actually swap that out and just learn a language of your choice. Oh, cool. Okay. So you're just a bit more cultured. I think that's the idea. As a knight, you're supposed to be a bit more cultured. You've probably been on like missions, I guess. Indeed. Since like you went to a faraway land and learned the culture and came back. Exactly. Knights are often diplomats. Animal handling makes sense if you're handling horses. History makes sense if you're dealing with like... Uh, you know, like like uh, political entities where mm-hmm. the history is important, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, uh, another feature you get at level three is called Born to the Saddle. You have advantage cool. on that's yeah, a good name, indeed. You have advantage on saves to not fall off a mount, and if you do fall, uh, no more than ten feet, you land on your feet. Also, mounting and dismounting takes only five feet instead of half your speed. You're a fucking cat riding a horse. Indeed. Nice. That, there's your there's your mounting stuff. That's now, pretty cool. But now let's get into the bread and God, butter. I think I've I think I've only ever been on a mount one time, and then I got off it to get to do combat. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Was, there it is. Ding. So so there's your mounting thing. Now let's get into the bread and butter. Oh, in fantasy, not in my real life. Sorry, guys. Now let's get into the bread and butter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the unwavering mark. This is it right here. Now this feature is almost lifted from fourth edition. It is. Like, the thing that makes the fighter in 4th edition the best defender in the game. Okay. Your skill in combat makes enemies pay the price for not focusing on you. When you hit an enemy with a melee attack, you mark them until the end of your next turn. Mm. While within 5 feet of you, a marked target has disadvantage on attacks not on you. Cool. In addition, if a marked creature deals damage to anyone not you, you can make a melee attack with a bonus action with advantage and extra damage equal to your fighter level. Oh, wow. Yeah. So wow, that's Seriously awesome. punish a dude. Yeah. You can make this attack a total number of times equal to your strength mod every long rest so it's a limited resource but that's a pretty brutal um punishment and here's oh, the yeah. thing like it's a limited resource but the monster has to like burn that resource for you yeah. it has to choose let's say you have an 18 strength mod like the monsters have to choose to take that punishment four times right and like the idea is to not make them want to face that punishment so they don't right because you're gonna be the sponge here. it's about the threat not the actual action right so although the, if they provoke the threat you also get the action yeah so it's really not a big deal to burn the resource mm-hmm. i mean just do it exactly There's no holding back yeah. on this one. Mark, mark away because again this this subclass isn't about the damage it's about 
the damage mitigation. Yeah, yeah. It, it's about making people attack you. It's, it's about That's, being a tank. Dudes, in Dragon Ball Super, there was a tournament of power just happened. You mm-hmm. know, RIP, okay. RIP Dragon Ball Super. It'll be back. Dragon oh. Ball will be back again. Okay, okay. But um, <laughs> there were so many scenes because there's this like combat going on. There's like so much, so many. It's like everyone versus everyone. Oh, wow. There were so many times where people's like, I'm your enemy. Like, you're fighting me, remember? <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of that. Okay. It's like, dude. Yeah, very much so. You are going to fight me, or Indeed. you're going to die. Indeed, or you're going to pay the price. Wow, that's freaking cool. So yeah, that's your bread and butter. Let's move on. At level I'm sold. Se- I don't need any more. I know, right? <laughs> At level 7, you get a feature called Warding Maneuver. If you or a creature you see within 5 feet is hit by an attack, you can roll a D8 and add it to the target's AC. Oh! If the attack still hits the target, has resistance against the damage. Oh. <laughs> So regardless, you're mitigating damage here. That is broke. You can do this in broken. You can do this a number of times equal to your constitution mod. Ooh, which what should I'll, probably I, be kind of high. Which should be kind of high, but I'd like that it's like okay. Now, if you want this to be an effective subclass, you you have two ability scores that you have to invest in, not just one. Right. We haven't really. I I can't think of another subclass that comes to mind that kind of has done this, where it splits your resource ability. Okay. Usually, usually you just dump all into your research ability. Uh-huh. You know, charisma Bardic if you're a warlock. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, intelligence if you're a wizard. But with this, you kind of have to split it, and I think that keeps the warding maneuver from being broken. That being said, your con's probably going to be high anyway. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be able to do this multiple times. Yeah, yeah, at least three times if you got a 16 in con, there which you, you should, because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? But I really like that ability. I think it's really cool, and just yeah, especially by level just, seven, you've got an ability score increase. It just your belt. adds to the unwavering mark it's like okay now now not only do i take a punishment if i hit someone not this dude but he can actually make it so my hit on the other guy sucks yeah well we're like most likely completely misses or that can you imagine hitting an eight on that die yeah yeah like dude come on this that tag's probably gonna miss yeah absolutely i'm surprised they didn't go with a d6 instead but whatever eight's high it is high but there it is uh really cool ability or feature so at level 10, you get another feature. It's called Hold the Line. Creatures within your reach your reach, provoke opportunity attack when they move five feet or more. If you hit the creature, it, its speed is reduced to zero. So it has to stop moving. Oh. This, again, is lifted from fourth edition. This is the fourth edition fighter. <laughs> you kick them in the shin really fucking hard. This trumps disengage. Yeah. Now you can disengage and mm-hmm. move. Yeah. And it's... Sh- <laughs> This is my notes. This Trump's disengage and is straight fucked up with, <laughs> with reach weapons. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Get that pull, pull, pull master, arm. Uh, pull arm master feet. Yeah, you're gonna Ooh, fuck some shit up. Wow. No one around you is moving ever again. Oh my god. Yeah, that's very cool. Really good. I love this subclass. This is a standout class. Like, yeah, absolutely. that's what I was saying. I was reading those. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you're freaking monstrous. Indeed. Um, at level 15, you get another feature. It's called Ferocious Charger. If you move at least 10 feet in a straight line before attacking your creature and you hit, the creature must make a strength check, uh, DC 8 plus your proficiency mod plus strength mod, or be knocked prone once per turn. Cool. Like, wow. it, it's solid. Yeah. Um, prone is uh, rough. Prone, you know, yeah. It, it's it's definitely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it definitely hinders the enemy. It's it's I not a bad so. feature. Yeah. And finally, at level 18, this this one um, I actually printed verbatim because its wording is a little confusing. And I'm going to tell you what I'm pretty sure it means, but you could tell me if I can you help think I'm you wrong. Out, yeah. yeah. So starting at 18th level, 
you respond to danger with extraordinary vigilance. Good. In combat, you get a special reaction that you can take once on every creature's turn except your turn. Okay, so let's stop there. Okay. So you it's a special reaction, so it's out it's outside of your normal action economy. Yes. Okay. That's that's my interpretation. It doesn't count as your reaction, it's a special reaction. Okay. Um that could be taken on every turn that isn't yours. Okay. Um you can use this special reaction only to make an opportunity attack. And you can't use it on the same turn that you take your normal reaction. So, let's so back this it up. sounds like you can make multiple of these special reactions if you didn't use your one use normal reaction. Indeed. Okay. So let's back this up. Let's go back to hold the line. Creatures yeah. within your reach provoke opportunity attack if they move uh, five feet or more. Right. The opportunity attacks usually use your reaction. In this case, all opportunity attacks are going to. A default to your special reaction so now which is no one is pool. moving ever right exactly you're just shin shin tapping people left yeah. and right i fucking love this cl- subclass this is really cool I'm have you per- seen that have you seen boondock saints he's like, uh yes i have it's been a long time like, where's you where you going nowhere where's he going <laughs> I see. nowhere i seriously don't remember oh, man, i haven't seen funny. that movie since uh eighth grade it's a pretty good movie it's yeah. definitely yeah, worth it i, I, I remember enjoying it um but yeah it sounds like that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the Cavalier. I'm pretty sure you can guess what I'm going to be building later. Um, any questions about the Cavalier? Just like, how long does it take for a shin bruise so bad to heal that makes you not be able to move? Uh, you'll never know because the Cavalier will just kill you. Yeah, you'll probably be dead. Yeah. So, no, one ever know, no one ever found out. <laughs> they all die. It's one of life's mysteries. <laughs> they go prone and they just get full <laughs> on to death. They go prone and they never get back up. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Next, the last subclass we're talking about today, the Samurai. Yeah. This subclass is pretty cool. It was a little lackluster, but it is overall very solid. Um, this subclass focuses on... Getting sent back in time. Or no, getting sent into the future and trying to go back in time. No, no okay. not at all. I wish. That'd be cool. Um, no, uh, this subclass focuses on a warrior's relentless fighting spirit. Yes, I know. Okay. A warrior's <laughs> relentless fighting spirit. Like their ability to just keep going cool. despite... All adversity. Nice. Um, it's extremely loosely based off the fictional representation of historical samurai. Okay. I think sure. that goes without saying, but I said it. Moving on. Uh, level three, you get a couple of features. Number one, bonus proficiency, like we said before. Choice between history, insight, per- performance, persuasion, and a language of your choice. I like the idea of the fighter being a diplomat. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, with samurais, again, samurais, you could they're a rough Eastern equivalent to like uh, European knighthood. It's really they're expected to be yeah. more cultured, more educated. You know, they were they were semi noble. So it's good it to send a messenger that can defend themselves. Indeed, that's true. So, at third level, your bread and butter is called fighting spirit. Three times per long rest, you can use a bonus action to give yourself advantage on weapon attack rolls till the end of your next turn, which is useful because later on you're going to get more than one attack. Yeah. In a turn. You can also gain you also gain five temporary HP when you do this. This increases to ten t- temporary HP and fifteen temporary HP at levels ten and fifteen. Nice. So just like temp HP is you're good. just really accurate three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> you just hopefully you don't need more than yeah. that. No, it, uh, the way I picture this is like you get you, tired. You hone in, you get focus. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like uh yeah. like people that um it was just the Winter Olympics. People that do the uh, what's you got to go cross country and then you got to like shoot a gun, right? <laughs> Whatever that is. Sure. Like, when you when you do that, you have to like like yeah, really, you kind of zone in. You go into a trance. Yeah, That's your, how I your heart's pumping, spirit. and yeah. you have to like breathe out and like yeah, really focus exactly. yourself. That's very much how I picture it. Cool. So. So that's going to be like your your main feature for the remainder of your career as a samurai. Um, at level seven, you're going to get another feature though called elegant courtier. 
Your discipline and self-control give you keen mental and social abilities. So you get to add your wisdom mod to persuasion checks and you gain proficiency in wisdom saves. Nice. So some cool social stuff. It's it's solid. It's definitely useful. It will definitely get used many times. There's a lot of good roleplay stuff here. Yeah, and I, I do I do appreciate that. At level 10, you're going to get a feature called Tireless Spirit. When you roll initiative and have no fighting spirit, you regain one use. So there we go. We're back to replenishing this very limited resource. Yeah, when you go into combat, you're going to want these things. So don't worry too much about running out of them. Indeed. At level 15, you get an ability called Rapid Strike. You can trade accuracy for more strikes. When you make an attack action while you have advantage, which you get from your fighting spirit all the mm-hmm. time, you can forego advantage and make a, an additional attack oh, cool. once per turn. So so it's just an extra attack. So I think oh, like, the fighter gets by level 20, like four four attacks. Yeah. You can get five. That's, I, yeah. I mean, hey. Yeah, there it is. Extra turns. Indeed. And last but not least, at level 18, you get strength before death. I also printed this one out. Holy shit. Level 20. This class is busted with like the action surges and stuff. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting to apply that to these subclasses. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm also get all, getting all this Got really cool basic fighter stuff. Indeed. Yeah, that is that is definitely something to remember. Wow. So starting at 18th level, your fighting spirit can delay the grasp of death. <laughs> Yay. If you take damage. My that, favorite thing to do. I know. If, <laughs> if you take damage that reduces you to zero hit points and doesn't kill you outright, you can use your reaction to delay falling unconscious. And you can immediately take an extra turn, interrupting Ooh. the current turn. While you oh. have while you have zero hit points during the extra turn, taking damage causes death saving throw failures. Ooh, oh. as normal. <laughs> Hang on, wait yeah. a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> and three death saving throw failures can still kill you. When the extra turn ends, you fall unconscious and you still have zero hit points. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish long rest. So again, that sounds this sounds like the barbarian feature. Yes. Uh, what was it? The the zealot. The, yeah, that yeah. one. It's it, it's very similar. It's the idea of. Uh, in this case, it's the idea of your fighting spirit. You just keep going. Whoa. I picture this. I don't know why. I, it's, it's so high it's risk. Not, it's not quite um, an analog, but for some reason, uh, this feature makes me picture, you know, the classic scene where the two samurai are facing off and they charge each other and there's like a flash. Yeah. And they're both like past each other. Yeah. And then you see like the good guy, he goes down and yeah. he's like dying. Uh-huh. But then the other guy like... <laughs> Yeah, he like explodes. Yeah, that's <laughs> like his top half. Slides I just off of feel him. like that's this feature because then the samurai keeps going. You yeah, know, he should be dead, but he's not. You've seen um, uh, two samurai. One of them's blue. One of them's red. Mugen and uh, oh, uh, samurai shampoo. That's it. Yeah, yeah. samurai shampoo. Many, many, literally the many this, clips from it. <laughs> the the one of the like major scenes. Spoiler alert is that that scene where they like run past each other. It's a pretty classic that, samurai. Yeah, scene, exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Indeed. Oh, now so, I want to play Mugen. Oh yeah, yeah. There you could. So, um, so that's the final subclass we're talking about today. The samurai. Any other questions about the samurai? Mm. Man, I just I love applying all the the regular, literally like the action surge, second wind stuff to this these things. I'm like rethinking them now. Like, wait, you can do a lot of stuff. You can absolutely. Well, with that being said, uh, let's actually build a character. And today's my turn. So we're gonna we're gonna part with you guys for just a minute, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna build a character. Bye. So we're back. Back at and, it again. Uh, and I'm going to bu- build a fighter for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, man. Um, the first character I ever rolled was a fighter. I know. I remember. Battlemaster uh, yeah, Fighter. Yeah, Battlemaster Fighter. That was. I remember the day I was planting the seeds into your brain of how you were going to become obsessed with Dungeons & Dragons. And now here we are. And now here we are. Fucking 70-something episodes indeed, deep. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Just loving D&D. And I still don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, you still haven't <laughs> absorbed even a modicum of... <laughs> knowledge so <laughs> let's uh let's talk about or le- yeah let's talk about my guy so i've been ruminating on this character for quite some time the premise of this character is in a world 
in a world <laughs> full of all these fantastic, full of all these fantastic. <laughs> Please don't stop repeating. <laughs> okay, and full of these fantastic, uh, like races and magics and dragons and all these heroes and adventure and all this stuff. Like, what's going on in the everyday man's life? You know what I mean? You're like, gonna make a street level character, kinda in a oh, way, okay, in a way. Okay. So, so his it's a human, a male human fighter. Uh, his name will be Norman Armstrong, and. One of the one of the things about this character is I wanted to make him remarkably unremarkable. Okay, if that makes any sense to a certain yes. extent. Obviously, he's gonna I'm gonna want him to have good stats. But the premise is he's he's a guy middle aged white guy. Okay. He was he was he was born <laughs> into a town. Uh-huh. He lived a peaceful life. He served some time in the in the militia. He did well. He once he uh, served his time there, he went back and worked with his parents in their horse trading. Um, um, stables okay his parents grew old died you know they had a great life he took over and he's been doing that for a while and um at about the age of 35 36 you know he's got a good life he never married for some reason uh it just his never happened for already him. dead his parents already died they oh. maybe they had him when they when they were older oh, okay so, you know. all right well, maybe this is like a really like low level cap for like people in this D setting like they die early yeah, maybe I don't Dying know. It's not like, really important. Okay. The important part is he has a good life. It's very much like Bilbo in the Shire. You know, he's got a good life. He's comfortable. He's got a good business. It's a beautiful town. There's no reason that he should be dissatisfied. Right. But he is. Except. And he doesn't know why. And eventually, he's like looking out on the horizon and just apropos of sees nothing. Sees the cat lord. No. Oh. Apropos of nothing. He just. He sells uh, his stable, or better yet, he gives his stable to his apprentice who just got married. He's like, you know what? You just got married. You're going to have kids. You're going to raise a family. You can have the stable. I'm going to take my favorite horse. I'm going to pack up enough food for two weeks, and I'm just going. And I don't know where I'm going. I don't know why. I just, I don't know who I am, but I'm going to find that person. And okay. Like, cool. I don't, I don't know what it is I need, but I'm going to find it. Human and fighter, it, then. Human fighter. Right. And okay. so, so... I also want to subvert some tropes here. I think with the hero's journey, especially the Disney-fied versions we get a lot of the time in, mm-hmm. in modern pop culture, like our hero is like a young man who's very handsome with full head of hair and a chiseled jaw. And, sure. you know, he's very innocent, charming. I want this guy to be a little grizzled. Like, number one, he's a bit older. So he's like, you know, he's a late bloomer. I want him to be bald. Got it. Goiter. You know? goiter. Riding, no goiter. No goiter. goiter right he's bald. He's he's not very good looking. Okay. Not to, not to uh, insult... Uh, uh, one of my favorite actors, but I picture him as like a bald John C. Riley. That's, t- <laughs> That's just how I picture him. Okay, yeah, bald John C. Riley with maybe like a big Riding bushy beard, like uh, like John C. Riley had in uh, in Kong Skull Island. Sure, it's like kind of messy, like kind of messy, overly yeah. curly or something like that. Uh, so it doesn't maybe quite it's not shape too right. messy. No, I want him to be. You know, he's clean cut. Okay, he takes it's care just, of himself. He takes care of himself. Yeah, um, and like he's he's uh, he's a strong guy, but he doesn't have like the body of like like a superhero he just has like a kind of a big bulky build yeah he's like throwing hay around for horses Indeed. and like he's got to like saddle up people yeah. and whatnot okay yeah, yeah. and so basically on horseshoes you're doing right the, the strength of somebody who does physical labor for work every day of their life indeed nice. and so pretty strong if you ask me so before we roll the stats last thing i want to say is basically i i want a character who i have no idea where he's going at all like a lot of characters i build you know like i have 
I, I have a goal in mind for them, like yeah. their goal. They're determined to do something. Yeah, indeed. Norman doesn't have a goal. He doesn't know what he's looking for. His I, goal is to find a goal. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna discover as we play through a campaign theoretically what Norman's goal is. Like, is it adventure he's after? Is it is is it excitement? Is it money? He doesn't know, but he's gonna find out. Maybe. Let's find yeah. out. Now let's roll some fucking stats. Let's do it. So, I don't mind if the stats are bad because. Norman Armstrong has been a horse trader most of his life. Yeah. So basically, I picture, you know, he he goes inside his his house, he opens up the closet, and he sees his old militia uniform with his halberd and like his old chain mail. Mm-hmm. And he and he puts it on. It's a little little snug, you know, yeah, a little sure. bigger than it used to be. Uh-huh. But yeah, there we go. It's like I'll work off the extra weight and it'll fit me again. Indeed. <laughs> so I got two sixes and a one. That's a 13. Not bad. I got a five and uh that's a nine. Nine, okay. Ooh. So it begins. Um, that is an 11. Cool, cool. That is a 10. Cool. That is a 14. There you go. How many? I got one more. Uh, let's see. We've got five so far. Okay. So we're not doing the rerolls anymore. Right. N- none of that. We're sticking with what we get. I got a five, oh, there you four, go. and a four. That's a 13. Cool. So Not bad. Not bad. We've rolled much worse on this show. Right, right. So I am going to, I want to go, uh, believe it or not, with the standard human, not even the variant. Just so a the plus, plus one, one to everything. everything. That's actually not bad because you have two 13s. Oh, nice. And cool. an 11 and a 9. So what So what does that put my stats at? What if I, I add the 1. Yeah, so go ahead and add the 1s. 14, 10, 12, 11, 15, and 14. All righty. And then at level 4, because we're going to build a level 5 fighter, I yeah. get a plus 2. Uh, plus two to one or plus one to two. Mind so, showing me the stats real yeah, quick? Sure. Um, you can go one, one right here and make these evens, or you can go two to your weak stat or two to your Let's 14. put two to a 14. I want a 16. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Plus two. All right. So a 16 in strength, strength a 15 in con. Strength, con. Okay. Uh, what's the next highest? Uh, you have another 14 here. Um, Put that in Wisdom. Wisdom. Um, what's the lowest stat? That's going in charisma. Ten charisma. All right. Average. What's left? You have a twelve and an eleven. So intelligence and dexterity. Dexterity. So twelve um, dex. I think twelve dex and eleven. He's 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 a man of average intelligence. He's just a normal guy. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. Um, so you know, as a fighter, he's not going to get a lot of options. I think he gets his extra attack at level five, and uh, mm-hmm. I want him to have a halberd because. In actual like history, guards and soldiers usually had pole arms, specifically spears. In this case, I'm going with a halberd. Okay. Halberds are fucking cool, and they're my favorite pole arm. They're very cool. Um, uh, he's gonna have chainmail. So his AC is so gonna wait, be. Wait, are you building the cavalier? Or? I'm building the cavalier. Oh, okay, so cool. at level three, he's gonna get that that awesome feature where he punishes people for not hitting him. Hell yeah! And uh, yeah, I just kind of want to build this guy to be a tank. So I'm thinking like later on he'll take like the toughness feat. He'll probably take the pole master uh, feet, pole arm master feet. Okay, um, that's way later because that's took, way yeah that's way later. Buff. Yeah, I'm just the 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 path I would have in mind for him combat wise or, or mechanics wise would be that just building him up, getting him into plate mail. Uh, yeah. He'll and learn to do these things that he never in, really you exactly. know, trained with anybody. He just picks it up as he goes. Exactly. Cool. And I just want him to go out into the into the um, into the battlefield to just be a black hole. This kind of build, especially with a fighter, reminds mm-hmm. me of how I first started playing D and D. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm about in D and D or what this character. I have a loose idea of who this character is, but I want them to figure it out as they go. Right. And so I gave my character amnesia. But this is like a very, very <laughs> like good, honest way to do it. Yeah. I just, you know what? Like, I, 
in the earlier in the beginnings of my introduction to this game, I would have found that to be a very boring and dull approach to a character. Okay. But now I've played so many characters and you see all these exotic ideas. It's like, you know what? Sometimes I just want a simple, straightforward hero's journey. Let's just see where this goes kind of thing. It's kind of cool because you can, you can meld the character. You can make the character have like development to Indeed. fit what's going on in the campaign. Yeah. The Anything could happen to this guy because I've left his whole life open-ended. He has no attachments to right. where he's from. He gave it up. Yeah, he. I mean, he and he never got married. Like, he never had children. He never had any of that. So is romance in store for him? Maybe. Is Maybe. adventure? Is money? Who knows? He's not opposed to any of these I things. Mean, Norman's laying or with will- a woman. <laughs> yes, yeah, he indeed, not? indeed he has. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, is uh, is maybe a moment of self sacrifice for his allies? You know what I mean? Like maybe Ooh. he gives his life. Who knows? Norman can be anything. Maybe he learns to spin his pole arms so fast people can't even see it, and he just cuts there pork straight up in half. Yeah, sure. Sick. Yeah. yeah, maybe he just becomes like the dopest warrior alive. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what's in store for Norman? <laughs> Perhaps he'll. Lay with another woman. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Okay, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Let's call it a game. All right, we built our characters. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. We're going to call it a game. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.